everyone, welcome to another great episode of the Smooth Business Growth Podcast, where we share 15 minutes of fast-paced peer marketing strategies proven to move the needle in your business. I'm your host and Captain Lindsay Phillips, and I'm the founder of Smooth Sailing Business Growth, where we help busy entrepreneurs attract and convert customers faster through powerful and consistent content marketing. In fact, if you go to smoothbusinessgrowth.com, you can download your social media roadmap to help you do just that. Now, if anyone knows anything about content marketing and online marketing, you know that online courses are a huge passive income strategy and business growth tool. So we are totally lucky to have joining us Cindy Nicholson, the course whisperer, to share her best tips. So let's set sail. Welcome aboard, Cindy. Well, thank you very much, Lindsay. Thank you for inviting me to be on your show. Awesome. Yeah, I've never, we were saying earlier, I've never had anyone on just talking about courses specifically. And it is such a huge, you know, content strategy. Um, so why, in your words, why are online courses such a great business growth tool? Well, so many people that I work with, you know, they, they're entrepreneurs, they're business coaches, they often are working one-to-one -one with people. Mm -hmm. So with that kind of business model, it's very difficult to scale. Totally. So one of the ways you can be able to reach one-to-many is by creating some sort of online course. So you may have one-on-one -on -one as more of your higher tier offer, but an online course kind of fits in that smaller tier for, for people who may not be able to afford your higher offer but still yeah. want to learn from you so it's a good way to kind of get people their feet wet in working with you and I love that you brought up the point about the tiers because it's like we have lead magnets and we may have small you know info products but I feel like the online courses are the perfect step up between you know that like the smaller thing and like an event or a bigger product it's it's the perfect piece to like a sales funnel yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, it's a, it's a good um, starting point for some people who are just kind of, you know, they might be a bit leery about forking yeah. over a lot, ton of cash, but to get to know you a bit better and really understand your expertise. Absolutely. So, I mean, for those that, oh my God, I want to, you know, create an online course, it's like, where do they even begin? Like, do they need to map out an outline first and, or start with content first? Well, Lindsay, it's funny when, when I have people reaching out to me um, for help, the, you know, the first thing they ask me is, okay, I have this course idea. Do you think it's a good one? And um, what I kind of always come back to is, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> what does your audience say? Mm. So before you start to create any content, before you, you know, go down the road of the hours and time that it takes to put a course together, find out if it's something your audience needs first. So yeah. you want to validate the course idea before you create any content. And, and it's not good enough to, you know, ask your mom and your grandmother if it's a good idea. <laughs> you need to go to the source and you need to know if the problem a exists. Mm -hmm. You also need to know if the problem is big enough that people are willing to pay money for it True. because you know, it's one thing they can find, probably most of the information online for free, but the problem needs to be big enough that they're willing to pay somebody to help shortcut them to the solution. So very, the very first step when you are creating, you know, you're thinking of creating an online course is, are will people buy it once you spend the time creating it? And so um, that's really the first step. 
That's so true. I mean, because there's there is a lot of time up front in creating a course, and then obviously not even to mention the marketing, but. It's, yeah, you definitely want to know ahead of time whether it's going to pay off. <laughs> yeah, so, and so much time can be, well, there's, there's two things. Number one, you can save so much time because if you go down one path and realize mm. that's not the path that you wanted to or, or that your audience wants, that, that is a huge time waster. The other thing, when you go through the validation process and you're asking your audience, like, what are they struggling with? What problems can you help solve? You'll gather so much value valuable intel that you'll have so much more content and so much more uh, value to your course because you're getting it right from them as to what they're struggling with. So there's really two benefits of kind of going through that process because people often want to just jump right in. I know. But you can, you know, gain a lot of value from doing that first step. That's true. And now when we're creating online courses, what are some of the mistakes that are made that we want to avoid? Okay, well, my number one pet peeve and and kind of one of the reasons why I got into doing what I'm doing right now is because I was taking on because, you know, you know, jumping into the online world, I needed to learn about taking learn about creating an online business. So I took a lot of online courses myself Mm -hmm. and and being a teacher, I really struggled with some of the courses in terms of, oh my gosh, I wish they would just do this better. But number one, the biggest thing is there is way too much content. Oh, interesting. Way too much information that is provided in these courses. And uh, the thing is, is that the tendency when you create a course is to really want to, you know, add value and, and add more and give them yeah. this and give them that. And and, re- and that can be the case for marketing, but it's not for the creating a course. Mm. When you're creating a course, you really want to be focused on what are the steps that are, what are the specific um, steps that they need to go through in order to get the result that they want. Nothing more, nothing less. And uh, because adult learners, you know, learners that are taking courses online, they are hyper, super sensitive to information they don't need to know or already know. And if they are starting to listen to an hour video of yours and the first 10, 15 minutes is stuff they already know or don't really see the relevance, they're gone. You know, they're, they're flipped over to Facebook or what have you. So if your content, if your course is nice and tight and really kind of addresses the problems that your audience is having and you're giving them solutions, that is going to keep them engaged. It's going to keep them going through the course and going to create the raving fans that you want when you're done it. So first and foremost, too much content. The one thing I do say, because, you know, when I'm working with clients, often you know they're like but maybe we should add this too and yeah. like there's just there's just so much um tendency for people want to add more stuff i i said well add it as a bonus yes you know, keep it out of the course but add it as a juicy bonus that you can give to them because those are you know that's a strategy from a marketing standpoint totally. but it also helps keep the course lean but then offer a bunch of things on the side so that if it does apply to that particular um, student, then they can go and look at it if they want to, but you want to keep the course lean and mean. I love that. That's a killer tip. Now, when we're creating the courses, like what elements make up a good course, like a video with a worksheet or like what components should we be looking at? 
That's a good question too, Lindsay. Number so it kind of brings me to my second big mistake uh-huh. that I people <laughs> make with courses is often, you know, you could bang off a bunch of videos, package it together and create a course if you want to. Um, that is possible. The problem with doing that is you either, um, people aren't going to finish it. You're going to ask, people are going to ask for refunds. You know, you're yeah. going to um, not have people refer. Cause what you want to do is you want to create something awesome that they tell everybody about it. So another big mistake I see is that, you know, a course is made up of just videos and that the assumption is if I say it, the students are going to learn it and be able to apply it. Yeah. And really nothing can be further from the oh, truth. Interesting. So what I suggest is when you're kind of, you know, what I recommend is kind of the ideal um, design of a course. If it is, you know, an evergreen course where people mm-hmm. buy and then people go through it on their own is to have a combination of video and worksheet and the video should really be short like five to seven minutes is how long the video should be and then there should be some sort of action item right to do with what they have just learned so whether it's a you know a um a worksheet that they have to fill out, a case study, a, um, a tip sheet that they print out. Give them something to do after they have just watched your video, because they, it, it um, if if you teach your students that all they have to do is you know sit sit on their butt and watch a video, nothing is going to change. Not, they're That's not going to so get true. results from it. So you want to make sure they you want to teach them that every, every time they're watching one of your videos, that they're gonna have to do something. And that, that's a, kind of another way to kind of keep them engaged is, is always make sure that you're getting them to do something after you teach them something. And, and keeping each video to one teaching point is, is the way to do it. I love that. Man, this is good advice. Love it. Now, there are a ton of online course platforms out there. Um, one of my clients right now is using Thinkific, which I think looks pretty slick. Do you have any favorites or ones that you've, you know, you like or don't like? <laughs> well, it's interesting because I get asked this question a, I bet a lot. you do. And, um, and, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a great answer because it depends. Right. It depends on the individual. So, so for example, I, you know, two of my clients right now, one of my clients is going with, you know, a SaaS platform like um, Thinkific or Teachable right. or what have you. And, and it is super easy to set up and nice. super easy to get going. So I have that one client who's doing that because she's just doing this for the first time. You know, she's creating a course for the first time. She's trying to keep her life simple and you know, the technology, keep it simple. But then I have another client who is more established business owner. She's been around for a while. She has her own website and her own web guy. And so she's actually created her online course just through a WordPress plugin. Yeah. And so, you know, she likes to have the, the, um, the convenience of, uh, you know, making, designing it the way that she wants to do right. it. She wants to have um, the flexibility and the control over how it's managed, but they're com- two completely different business models. So which platform is best? It totally depends on what, uh, what you, what you prefer in terms of how you're managing your business. So it's not a great answer, Lindsay, I know, <laughs> but it, you know, again, it d- just comes down you kind of yeah. almost need to know more about who the business owner is before you kind of go in. And, and the other thing I kind of always say about that is often people get hung up on what platform. I know. Uh, but 
that's usually not the the root issue of you know what's going on there's yeah. it's just a, a delay tactic is what i find is like oh well i don't know what platform I'm like is that what it is or is it that you're you're not you're you're has some other hesitation as to why you're not moving forward with your business that's a very good point very insightful <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, I know you talked about, yeah, obviously, video and having people take action to keep them engaged. Because, um, I mean, let, let's face it, some courses are pretty darn boring. So how can we kind of add pizzazz to it and make sure that it is engaging? Well, it's funny because a lot of people often uh, are worried about A, being on video or, or B, making the videos too boring or what have you. And I just kind of have a couple of comments around that. Number one is if somebody has signed up to your course, mm -hmm. they probably like your style, the way you deliver material, the way you present yourself, the way you talk and, you know, deliver your content. So you don't need to be anybody else than who you are um, already, you know, because people are like, oh, I, don't, I think it's going to be so boring or I'm not very funny when I'm on camera or what have you is people have bought into you because of who you are. So you don't need to be anybody else. So if that's nice. holding your back, don't let it be. Yeah. Um, excuse me. And then number two, number one with making your course more engaging is having short videos. Right. Um, and then having some sort of action plan. So that, that's really the best way to keep them engaged is to have short videos and have sort of action items. Mm -hmm. And then the other re way to keep them engaged is like I kind of said earlier, have the course very lean and mean. Don't have any superfluous stuff, some fluff, yeah. whatever. Keep it really focused on what it what it is the transformation that you're trying to get to them. I always ask my clients, is this a need to know or is it a nice to know? Ooh, if it's yeah. a need to know, keep it in the course. If it's a nice to know, offer it as a bonus. And so that's one of the, if you're questioning whether or not you should include content in your course, always ask yourself that question. Is this a need to know? Do they need to know this in order to be able to move on? Then keep it in and if not, take it out. Um, so Love that's that. uh that's uh, kind of another, you know, way to keep your course engaging is make sure that it is applicable. And the last reason I'll give you, Lindsay, is be really clear on who your course is designed for. Yeah. So be super clear on who your audience is. Because if you build it for everybody, oh, yeah, then so you're going to have people dropping out because you're going to have to include way too much information. So I usually kind of you know, for example, at a real estate Airbnb um, client of mine, we had to really narrow down on who it was for. Was it a brand new person who was offering their place on Airbnb? Were they existing Airbnb um, hosts and, you know, you wanted to help them level up? Or were they more property manager type people? You didn't want to build a course for all of those people right. in one course. You want to be really specific. So maybe you have a 101, a 201, and a 301 course. Love that. But that's the other way to be engaging is to make sure the content is relevant. If, yeah. if somebody has a big enough problem that they've paid out money to solve it, if you everything in that course applies directly to that problem they're trying to solve, and you've got give them ways to learn it as they go, those people are going to stay engaged and get all the way through your course. I love that. Excellent, excellent tips. Man, there are so many more questions I could ask you, but <laughs> we've run out of time. Cindy, you have given us some amazing tips. I, I actually wrote notes for myself. <laughs> 
Perfect. Love it. Now, how can people find you? I know you're the course whisperer, um, but yeah, I just want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you if they need help to build their course. Sure, Lindsay. Thank you. So you can find me at thecoursewhisper.co. I have just gotten .com recently, but I haven't transitioned everything over, but you can no find me at thecoursewhisper.co. And then Lindsay, I've got some... Um, some handouts or freebies for your listeners if they, they are wanting some additional support. So how to create a course outline. Ooh, nice. And also how to validate. I talked about the importance of validating yeah. your, your course. So there's a free little mini course and it's on Thinkific if you want to see what that interface looks like. Yep. Um, if, you, if your audience goes to thecoursewhisper.co slash smooth sailing, they can access those resources there. Perfect. Thanks so much, Cindy. That was some really good tips. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Lindsay. Awesome. So this week's 50-minute cruise to move the needle in your business has come to an end. I know it goes by fast. Thank you again to Cindy for sharing, sharing some killer strategies and tips to starting your own online course so you can grow your business. Again, go to the coursewhisperer.co. So if you're looking to achieve faster growth through content marketing and sales funnels, look no further than smoothbusinessgrowth.com. So have a profitable and productive week, folks, and may the winds always be at your back. <music>